Hello and welcome to Back of the Grid. I'm Stu Greenwood and I'm joined as always by Tom King. Hello. And Chris Evans. Hello. Hello, how are you both doing? Good. Good. Okay. A little Good. sad the so, season's <laughs> over. A little yeah. bit sad, yeah. A little bit, it's a little tear in the eye. 111 um, days, I think, we've got now with no F1. Yeah. Uh, well, it depends on when you're listening, doesn't it, Chris? I make it that about 108 ish by the time uh, <laughs> people start listening. But um, yeah, um, it's been a so it's the season finale this weekend, just gone. Final race at Abu Dhabi of the 2018 season. Um, Lots of final races for Formula One drivers. Um, Sirotkin, Van Dorn, Hartley, Ericsson, um, Ocon, sadly, and Alonso. All their final race in F1. Can you believe it? Six drivers. Hope, yeah, hopefully not Ocon's last. With a bit of luck, it won't well, be yeah, his not last, last, but... Yeah, hopefully <laughs> not, the, not the last ever. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, it's also Science's last race with Renault. Um, it's Ricardo's last race with Red Bull. He's going over to Renault. And Raikkonen's last race with Ferrari before he goes to Sauber next season um, and of course Leclerc's final race with Sauber before he takes Raikkonen's place at yep. Ferrari which is a very exciting prospect for us all for next year but that's a long way off and we're here to talk about the race so shall we get right into it? Just before we do looking down that list of like various lasts they yeah. pretty much all had middling to poor races didn't they well yeah i was about to say did you notice that like four out of the five dnfs yeah. this week were all people whose last race it was for either the current team or just in general out with a whimper yeah unceremonious last races for yep some um i, I was wondering if like they'd like planned a nice thing to say on their cool down lap and then it just was a waste oh, of time because they never got one yeah <laughs> got a little script in the uh in the cockpit to yeah. read out to the, to the engineer and just throw it out of the wind throw it out of the cockpit um so speaking of unceremonious things one thing that was unceremonious at the start of the race was verstappen's start absolutely abysmal getaway he got absolutely swallowed yeah, do up we by know- the field why that is, I've not really seen anything. It was to do with a sensor failure inside of the it's engine component sensor failure. Oh, so it, it basically derated as he went up through um, second gear and didn't have any power. And the same thing happened to him along the straight, which is when he got mugged by uh, Ocon. Yeah. Um, and it, you heard him on the radio complaining. And actually, when you watch the replay, you can see... The on the onboard with the car behind him, I've forgotten who it was. Um, you can see the light flashing. Everyone else is just streaming past, and his little red light, rain light, is just blinking away to say, "My engine's not working properly." <laughs> um, go past. I do me, feel please. like I do feel like sensor failure is becoming the new just like go-to excuse for something going wrong, isn't it? Like it's yeah. such a broad term that can mean almost anything. I hope that doesn't become a theme. Like, oh yeah, sensor failure. Yeah, oh, it's just a sensor. It's the car's literally sensor. on. The car is literally on fire. Yeah, sensor failure. Yeah, sensor set itself on fire. The fire sensor <laughs> failed. Um, so it wasn't long after that before um, Hulkenberg's right way up sensor failed, and <laughs> <laughs> he ended up upside down in the barriers in quite a scary incident. He was, yeah. Um, so he he got tangled up with Grosjean and. Um, 
yeah, he ended up trapped in a flaming Renault for a while, but the marshals were quick to put it out and help him to safety. So it's the first talking point, guys. Anyone to blame for that one? Yeah, I think a lot. I think um, sorry, Grosjean was being very ambitious there. You I think, I think really? so. Like even the, even though it's Hulkenberg that dove down the inside of him and then pushed him off the track and then didn't give him any room to come back on. Mm. I think I think Tom, Tom's Grosjean. got strong, Tom's got a strong opinion. On <laughs> well, this I I consider it a racing incident, but if you were going to put blame at anyone's door, I wouldn't put it at Grosjean's. Oh, see, I, I see, I I really think he should have just given up that place. Like when he was trying to hang it up the inside, he was half more than half a car behind. Well. I, I agree with that, but I don't necessarily think he was trying to win the place back. I think he was just trying to not cut the corner in in a safe. Like, I guess stay on the track in a safe way, mm. and Hulkenberg just kind of took the apex with with kind of no regard for the fact that he might still be in or around that space. I guess I, I so, guess he, racing instance probably fair then in the yeah. Hulkenberg was probably entitled to the corner, but also could have been more cautious. Grosjean was probably entitled to fight it, but you could argue he should have given up the place. Yeah. What you've done there, guys, is you've just agreed to disagree. <laughs> we have basically. With each other, very much so. We, we've, we've basically come to a steward's agreement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No further action. <laughs> That's how it works in the steward's room. <laughs> yeah. My own my own feeling on it is probably along the... I don't think anyone particularly was to blame necessarily. I'd say probably racing incident. I think both of them were equally at fault. I should say. So Hulkenberg should have left more room. Uh, Grosjean being a little bit further back and able to see what was unfolding ahead of him probably should have either let it go or just just cut the corner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, for, for safety's sake instead of like barging into the other car. I know it, sound, it sounds like a weird thing. To, and in the moment, it's very difficult for a driver to make that decision because it is a literally a split second decision, isn't it? But yeah, it was it, one car ended up upside down, um, <laughs> and we got to see the bottom of a Formula One car for a change, which is quite interesting. That you don't often. Yeah, that's always that. nice to see. Mm. So you could see all the plank and everything on the bottom of it. Um, yeah, just just something interesting to see. Yeah, isn't it? on on first um, look, I was more interested in the fire at the back, but on like yeah, yeah. previous <laughs> replay, um, subsequent replays, I had a good look at the actual car. Yeah, it's a good job. Um, there's no race after this one because I definitely saw a marshal fire a extinguisher right up the exhaust pipe of that car. <laughs> so goodbye turbo. Yeah, you'll need a new one yeah. for testing. That's for sure. Yeah, I wonder if they've brought new engines and stuff. They must have brought brand new engines for testing. To I give them a proper baseline. So. Yeah, well, it's it's outside the season now, isn't it? So I don't yeah. think it matters what yeah. they put in them. There's no mm. rules or anything, as far as I'm aware, that stipulates what they have to put in them yeah. and stuff. The only thing that makes me think otherwise is that on the cool down lap, Grosjean asked if he could do some donuts, and his engineer said the pit wall says <laughs> no, um, which he then went and ignored and did some donuts <laughs> anyway. Promptly did a load of donuts mm. anyway, didn't he? That yeah. sounds a bit like they were worried about him breaking something, but yeah, they're bound to have a bunch of new stuff for this test, I would assume. Yeah, yeah, you'd hope so. Yeah, I'm very, very interested to see how this uh, test pans out. I don't think they are allowed to bring 2019 components, are they? It's it's no, supposed to be a. a thing. It's Ooh, too... uh, I they think are running 2019 tires. Yeah, I think I know what your aside is about to be, but go ahead, Chris. You, you yes, have you seen the very clever thing that Mercedes have done? Yes, with I speaking have. of yes. tires, have you seen this, Tom? Yeah. I've seen an article, but not had a chance to read it. Yeah, what I think you're about to say. Basically, for this 
post-season tests, they are not allowed any new parts on the cars. Basically, the cars have to be as they finish the race in Abu Dhabi. Um, so Mercedes ran the race in Abu Dhabi with some brand new tyre sensors on the back of their car. Yeah. So when they do the test, they can uh, get some data on the 2019 tyres, which is genius. Very, very clever, very cheeky. It, they were little pitot tubes, weren't they? Just ahead yeah. of their tyres. That probably um, cost them like half a tenth in speed, <laughs> but... Yeah, that's the that's the joy of having wrapped up a championship um, oh, yeah. with a race that's or two to spare, isn't it? Nothing, yep. nothing on the table for them to lose, was there? <clears throat> no. Yeah. So um, going back to the race, can I go back to the race? Are you are you, go for are you it. quite finished with your aside? Chris? I'm finished with my asides. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so at this point in the race, um, during the virtual safety car that was caused by Hulkenberg's upside down faulty sensor. Um, Leclerc was briefly ahead of uh, Ricardo in fifth. He, he, mm. he was taking them all on Leclerc. He was absolutely on fire at the start of the race. Um, super, nice super quick. See, on hyper, he was super quick on hyper soft tyres. <laughs> Not hyper quick on super softs. No, no. <laughs> um, yeah, great to see. Um, it's very exciting to see him in a position like that in a Sauber. Um, mm. Just excites you for where he's going to be next season, doesn't it? Yeah, I do yeah. worry if those two are going to be on the same bit of track next season at all. Um, but that's more of a concern for Ricardo than Leclerc. But um, we'll see what kind of car Renault build for him, I guess. Yeah, so uh, that was that. Very Just a really quick short one on Leclerc there. It's just exciting to see him, you know, near the front in a... Just, in a, well, just absolutely a backmarker of a car. Yeah, more and more excited for next season. Yeah. Um. And we during that point at that point as well we had a Verstappen Ocon battle because hmm. uh, Verstappen managed to fix his sensor from on board in, inside the car and well I say fix it deactivate the sensor and yeah we got some great action between those two between Ocon and Verstappen um, bit of wheel banging uh, do you reckon Verstappen had yeah. a bit of a point to prove it feels a bit like it doesn't it yeah it is. It drives like that against most people anyway, though, doesn't True. it? I think maybe maybe just a little bit more over the line than <laughs> usual because if of who it was. Into um, the uh, hairpin, he made two. Of the, he made the same move twice, and the second time he wheel banged him. The first time he just came some, from so far back. I don't think Ocon quite saw it coming, but the <laughs> second time he would have yeah. known. He knew all about it the second time, and. <laughs> He, I will say he, that second time uh, Verstappen made zero effort to find an apex around that corner. <laughs> no, that's, that's very true. You could see, couldn't you, in the language of the car, it's like, I'm here, yeah. move out of my... It was a Senna move. It's like, I'm going to be here. You can he make a, bit, a choice. Yeah. You can crash into me or you can give me space. Um, it's his, it's his favourite trick, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he... Um... He had a bit of an elbow with other people as well, to be honest. He, he was, did. It's a bit, bit like it throughout the race. I'm not going into too many specifics until we get there, but like I, th- I think he just had a, just a bit of a point to prove to try and pick up some points. I think is what he want. He just wanted to pick up points after. He might look back at Brazil and sort of think I threw that away, you know, like because that's what a lot of people have said, haven't they? That you know, being a little rash, maybe threw yeah. it away. So. Maybe he just had a point to prove. He's like, I, I want to score as many points as possible here. Um, mm. Yeah, it seemed he felt yeah. that way a little bit anyway. I think with some of yeah. the overtakes, but yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I, I think I think there's definitely an element of that in there. But like you said, like you said yourself, it's a lot of it is just 
he's he's very much an elbows out, bumptious kind yeah. of driver. Like he, he he doesn't take any he doesn't take any prisoners. You know he's he's there. He wants that position. He's gonna take it. So yeah, that's that's so that was Verstappen Ocon. Um, yeah, uh, and yeah, like you say, you know, he, he did he, he had his elbows out quite a lot. He got uh, Bottas later on as well. The the Bottas one, I don't think was really necessary. Um, if we're talking about you know while we're on the subject, yeah, um, less again, necessary than the Ocon one, I'd say personally. But it's another yeah. one of those like he probably could have gone out of his way to avoid that happening, but they were both fighting over the same bit of track at the end of the day. Yeah, um, I wonder if he's I wonder if he's like sending a message to the other drivers for next season to say, look, I'm here. Quite possibly, I'm the tough guy because he's he definitely has that attitude of you know it's me against the world. I'm the hard man. I'm I'm in charge here. Do what you do what you want. I'm I'm the toughest. Um, I think he seems to think he's got a genuine potential title shot next season, I think. Yeah. And I think, I like think you say, he he's he's like laying his marker down now at the end of this season. You know, so people go into next... He's like, if going into next season, he has got a front-running car that people have already got that in the back of their mind about him. I yeah, guess. yeah. People are like, if I race this guy, he's going to put, put me in a position where I might not finish the race. Mm. Yeah. You know? And that's that's quite mentally that's quite an upper hand to have over another it driver. Well, we've um, um, we've heard it specifically from Lewis as well earlier in yeah. the season. Um, yeah, when he's been interviewed in America, and it was like you're going wheel to wheel with. So I can't remember who it was the example, but it was like it was somebody else and Max. It's like which way do you go? And you're just like away from Max. I go that way. <laughs> Wherever Max yeah. is, I don't go. Yeah. So and that, that is a persona uh, that Max has built for himself, which is probably yeah. what he wants in all fairness, like you say. And over the weekend, actually, Martin Brundle pointed out that Hamilton's just been having little snips at Verstappen as the season's gone on and Verstappen's sort of come, especially mm. the second half of the season where Verstappen's become a bit more of a, a contender in, 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 in the races. He's just been like prodding and poking at him, trying to wind him up a little bit, you know, trying to get under his skin that little bit. And he's the yeah. sort of person that you probably could get under his skin quite easily because he's quite sensitive and he's quite young as well. Totally, yeah. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be did, really did interesting you... next season if he has got the car to to fight for a championship up against the best and see if he can keep his head. Yeah, just just on that note, just very briefly of, of those two coming together in that kind of manner. Did you happen to see the thing that happened between them in the press conference after the race? Yeah, where there was Hamilton was kind of winding him up a little bit, wasn't he? Well, what what was happening is, um, it, long story short, Lewis was offering Seb some of his drink. Seb said, "I'd rather have some Red Bull." So Max put a big Red Bull container of drink in front of Lewis, at which point Lewis knocked it over with a can of Lewis Hamilton monster energy and just like <laughs> stared at Verstappen like, don't you do that. It was just like a really weird altercation between wow. the three of them. But yeah, it's definitely just, worth looking up online if you can yeah, find it. <laughs> absolutely baited him. Banter. <laughs> absolute yeah. banter from uh, <laughs> Right, Okay. <laughs> Um, I reckon that's time to start talking about Kimi Raikkonen's retirement. Mm. Would you, would you yeah. say? 
Yeah. yeah so so he retired. <laughs> um, is a, caused caused a virtual safety car. He pulled came to a stop. Just complete shutdown of the car. Came to a stop on the pit straight, um, right outside the gates for the pit lane, and that because of where it was and because of the acute angle they had to get the car around to um, get the car back into the pits they caused another virtual safety car but this one was a bit more interesting because this time it was potentially just about in the pit window so there were a few people made pit stops Hamilton, Leclerc and Grosjean and for Hamilton it worked really 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 well Um, he only lost 10 seconds from his pit stop whereas the average pit stop time during normal full racing speed would have been about 22, 23 seconds ish it's usually around that mark isn't it Yeah. yeah it was about that um and yeah Leclerc and Grosjean kind of came out a little bit further back in in a whole bunch of traffic and it looked for a little while like their races were sort of gone but actually as the as it as it went on they sort of the pace was quite high through the field wasn't it they were all on similar pace so they they sort of stayed in it and both got half decent results at the end I don't know whether they would have still I don't know if they would have done better if they'd stayed out. That's one for the strategists, but um, yeah, it's it's something that happened. They both um, got stuck behind Alonso for quite a while, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Alonso the, the seemed it... to be in like a "this is my final race and nobody is overtaking me" sort of mindset. <laughs> yeah. It's my party, and I'll do what I want to. <laughs> um, Pretty much. The most interesting thing that we got from these early pit stops was Hamilton cut me out behind. You guessed it, Max Verstappen. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they had a little duel, which was quite good, down the two straights. Yeah, it was really with good. Verstappen actually coming out on top because Hamilton looked like he fought better of it, and yeah. obviously realised that Verstappen's yet to stop. Why would you? Why? Why risk your race with someone who? Yeah, just chill. Yeah, just with someone who's got no chill. Just chill. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was that. Um, just decent little, both decent moves, I think. Verstappen's move was particularly exciting to watch because he really whipped around. He was super close as well as he made the move. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't think Hamilton was ever going to put up a massive fight against that one, was he? No, like you say, he was looking at the long game. I think. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Um, so around this around this time as well, Red Bull elected to leave. All the other pit stops came in, um, but Red Bull decided to leave Ricardo out late because there was a small very small threat of rain <laughs> um which was enough of a threat of rain that caused me to put a five pound bet on ricardo mm-hmm. and yeah, <laughs> yeah I, mean, I put a few quid on him as well yeah the ca- the cameras showed like some serious drops coming there was down actual rain the yeah it was proper rain yeah. like in the into the corner into the um, hairpin at the a few of the drivers even reported about it as well saying mm. that they they were noticing it but i think just the the overwhelming ground temperature that you're going to have there means that yeah. it needs a lot of significant downpour to start having an effect. And even though that rain may have started to make a difference in other parts of the world, I think just the the track temperatures and the, the general ground temperatures there, it, it's drying up almost as soon as it hits the track, really, yeah. isn't it? Even yeah, in I'm... the evening. There were, well, there was um, the hairpin. It was it was looking quite slippery at the hairpin. I thought at times there yeah, were true. a few. I saw a few sort of wheel spinny, slidey moments mm. through there. But overall, yeah, like it, because there's so much heat contained in that floor that's had the sun beating down on it all day. Yeah. Then yeah, I mean, that's you, you could probably walk around barefoot on that floor at midnight and it'd still be quite warm underfoot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, still yet to have a. A rainy night race. 
Um, it's got to happen one day. No, we had uh, Singapore that time. Yeah, Singapore's that one time. Oh, yeah, that's true. How could you forget that, Chris? Of course, yeah. That I guess was... that was... It was enough rain, but it wasn't like torrential, I guess, wasn't it? No. Well, that's when we got to enjoy the wet race race starts. Instead of behind the safety car, it'd be... Yeah. Was, you know, it was green... Not green light, but lights out race start in the rain, which, mm. which we'd never really had before, did we? Well, I mean, we years no. and years ago, but not in in modern Formula One. Um, and that not went for really good well. Years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for those who didn't see the Singapore Grand Prix last year, go on Formula One dot com and check it out because it was a belter of a start. Mm. Um, yeah. So they, Red Bull tried to leave leave him out, hoping that that storm was going to come in, but it just didn't. It and it was never gonna. Um, so his race strategy no. was kind of like shot, really. At that point, he he came back out um, still in sixth because obviously the gap for to Formula One point five is so big. But <laughs> he, he he was on fresh tires towards the end, and he managed to put up put up a bit of fight and bring it up into fourth. So good job, Ricardo. Yeah, it would have been nice um, to see him on the podium, but would have been, wouldn't it? I'd love to I'd love to have seen a sort of final race shoey from uh, yeah, would have been nice. Ricardo. But you never know, next season, if Renault get their act together, he might even know. be doing the odd shoey up there. Uh, this That leads us nextly on to Ocon, Grosjean and Van Dorn, their moment where they were free wide down the, uh, down the second straight. They had some straight. great fights sitting there between them. Yeah, they really, really did. And this track, you know, like, I do like that it's two long straights separated by a, like a chicane. Like it does lead to a lot of these sort of big ticket kind of. It's it's weird. It's moments. not in the. It's not so much in the past, but this year it seemed to really work for some reason. Mm. Not sure what was different about this year, but I think these cars, because they do generate such downforce. The more downforce you generate, the bigger the hole you're going to punch in the hair. In the hair. In the air. <laughs> um, don't tell Kubica. And <laughs> the bigger. <laughs> the bigger the effect of the slipstream is going to be. So... Yeah, so I guess in a setup like that, it is going to have yeah, and the, and the, that these much cars, more of an effect. Yeah, this this track, it's not exactly a low downforce track. It's a medium downforce track. So they're going to be punching quite a big hole in the air, especially with these cars. So I think that if, yeah. if you wanted to hazard a guess as to why the slipstream was so effective down there this season, that would be my guess. It seems like a well-educated, well-informed, and fairly accurate guess. I can go with that. Thanks, Tom. I'm inclined Thank to agree. So much. I'm inclined to agree precisely with that. <laughs> is that is that the first time all season we've agreed on something, Tom? I don't know. <laughs> no, it happens all the time. It does happen all. It's a remarkable amount of times it happens. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, we were talking about uh, yeah, what a, what a move by Van Dorn to get round the two of them. Um, probably his drive of the season i think van dorn his final it's race up of the there, season. yeah really he's like his car positioning through all of those exchanges was just so pinpoint just like knowing when okay i can't block this guy but if i get myself out wide here i can undercut for the next corner and like his position was just brilliant which is gonna yeah. really treat him well in formula e i think because yeah. so many of the overtakes in formula e are about positioning yourself just so so you can get past someone in a bit of track that's probably only two car widths anyway yeah 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 
He's got that eye of a needle skill. Mm. Yeah, I'm excited to see him in Formula E as well because yeah, me too. That like I think he's been a little unlucky when it comes to F1 in the sense that he's had a very highly talented teammate and a very underperforming car the entire time he's been here. Yeah. Um, so hopefully he can go and if you know if he performs fairly well in Formula E, then it, it's a testament to the fact that. He's not as bad as some people seem to have think uh, thought yeah. he as well. He's been in F one, uh, but I think moments like that do show the the sort of raw talent that he has got. Um, and there was some there was some good driving up and down the field in this race in particular. But that's a pretty standout one for me. The three of those going wheel to wheel like that was brilliant. Do you know what? I really really enjoyed this race actually. Like it just kind of had I think just because there was not really anything to race for. I think like. Renault and Haas, no, sorry, Force India and Renault, I think, could maybe have swapped positions. But other than that, there was, like, nothing for anyone to race for. And it just felt like everybody had that kind of weight off their shoulders a bit and were just out there enjoying racing. And I think, it, I, I don't know, there's just something about this race that I just found really, really enjoyable yeah, to watch. I, 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 I tend to agree with that, yeah. I think it did have a bit of a festival feel of to it didn't it mm, like the, it on did the track, yeah kind of like it felt a lot like yeah they were just letting their hair down and just all going for yeah. it um there weren't it was yeah it was possible for force india to to uh beat renault but um ted kravitz pointed out that uh even if even with the combined score of old force india and current force india it still wouldn't have been enough to topple renault so renault do deserve to be where they oh, are interesting yeah, that's good. Um, just thought I'd get that one in there. Yeah, it seemed like it seemed like a good time to say it. <laughs> um, so Ocon eventually ran wide on his way past Van Dorn into the hotel complex after this little sort of ding dong that they'd both had with Grosjean, and um, well, he got his five second penalty for it. Do you think he deserved it? Just should he have given the place back? I think was he already passed. I think if he'd have maybe given the place back, he, well, he wouldn't have ended up with a penalty for sure. Um, five seconds sounds like a lot when you consider what it was for, but it's because of the fact that the stewards ended up having to get involved and then Grosjean was somewhere in between the two of them at that, after that, wasn't he? So yeah. it made it difficult for him to be able to give the place back. So um, mm. I think that they needed to step in and do something, but there's not much else lower that they could have given him to... You know, so it's kind of a, of his own doing a little bit by not giving it back. Yeah, I think the smarter <clears throat> thing to do would have been to give it back. To be honest, um, yeah. it's a shame because it was such a good lead up to the move. Like they were battling through a few corners and side by side through that long, like flat right hander. Yeah, um, yeah. But he, I, I think if he had have made the corner, I think um, Van Dorn would still have been right in there and maybe would have pushed him wide or something and held the place. So yeah, yeah. Smart yeah. thing would to do is just give it back and then probably take the position again on the next big straight because he was way quicker at that point. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but it, I mean, it all would have counted for nothing anyway because he retired, didn't he? He, he uh, his engine true, went. Yes. Yeah. So, so th- these old engines. Yeah. This time of the season, you know. Um, so Ricardo finally pitted um, shortly after that, and it was a lightning fast pit stop. It was two point two seconds. Pit stop, that's which up there with the quickest, it, I think, this year. Yeah, isn't that's it? A, um, among the fastest yeah. this season. I don't know where 
the uh, where they are in the in the championship everyone's been following all season the DHL fastest pit stop award championship <laughs> but um let's have a quick look shall we DHL the one that really matters yeah i mean this is the one they're all gunning for right oh yeah i'm pretty sure someone had a sub 2 second at some point this year that was Ferrari, what, what you... wasn't it? One point nine Ferrari fastest of the season. One point nine? My yeah. goodness. Yeah. Let's have a look. DHL. Wild. Standings after round twenty one. It is loading <laughs> ever so slowly. It's because <laughs> everyone's on there looking at it. Yeah, literally. The traffic, I mean, the tra- on that the traffic is so high. <laughs> just go... What do you think? While we're waiting for it to load, what do you think the prize is for uh I don't have the answer to this. I'm asking you this inquisitively, not not as a test. What do you think the prize is for DHL? The fastest, fastest pit stop. To the... go and collect an award at the gala. <laughs> and that's it. Do you think they get free shipping for all their components? A, to... a golden wheel nut. A golden wheel nut. A golden <laughs> wheel nut. Like the golden joystick. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of DHL things, while you are waiting for that to load as well, did you know that Bottas has got the most fastest lap awards for the DHL fastest laps? Yeah, that's one thing he's managed to do this year, yeah, at least. Seven. Just yeah. not point that. A lot of those were set really, really early on in the uh, season as well, because that's what yeah. I was working on yeah. on that stuff, um, which I can say now. And yeah, um, how's that website was... doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's done we're here we're here uh, okay so red red bull have won the most important championship in the world Is with it? 466 points so they've been wow. the fastest at pit stops and i wow. mean it goes to show doesn't it um ferrari were second uh with 403 and mercedes third 354 williams fourth Williams have always points. been really hot with their pit stops, actually. Yeah, they are good. Um, guess yeah. who the slowest pit stops were this season? I'm going to say Sauber. Wrong. McLaren? Wrong. Both wrong. Renault mm. were the slowest. Oh, really? Sadly, yeah, Sauber were fifth and McLaren sixth. So if you, oh, interesting. If I'd carried on a moment longer, you would have <laughs> guesses would have been invalid. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, that was that. Two point... They've got 2.8 seconds, 2.08 seconds, sorry, for uh, for Stappen. So that was even quicker, actually. <laughs> I didn't I didn't notice that one. But um, yeah, and so wow. they've got the fastest two at this race, which no Not one bad. even cares about. So shall we talk about something else? Yeah, <laughs> we've gone wildly <laughs> off-piste here. Yeah, massively off-piste. I thought it'd be quite funny to talk about, but it just got really boring really quick, <laughs> didn't it? Um, uh, yeah, Bottas. So next up, Bottas just... What happened to Bottas? His pace just absolutely disappeared. He had a shocker. He he had an absolute shocker. Any, any explanation? Anyone read anything? Seen anything? They. I have no idea what it, what they to said. Him. Half the reason they gave him that second pit stop is because they were worried about his. I think his right rear. They were like seeing weird behavior from the brakes on the right right rear, and they weren't sure if he was like relates to a tire issue or a wheel hub issue or something mm-hmm. if it was the brakes um so he was that's kind of why he was having these lockups and stuff i think he was having to crank or the was he moving the brake balance around and stuff trying to fix i think it. he was having to move it further forward than he'd ideally like to compensate for this issue on the rear which is why he was having those initial lockups but <clears throat> yeah just just general 
he uh, did you see um after the race he said um that that race basically summed up his season in that it started yeah. quite well and then just turned to <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yes, i did is... see that yeah and he's taking it on the chin at least yeah he is fair play to him um hopefully he can get it together next season and put up something like a fight because let's face it he's in the championship winning car he should not be finishing was it fourth or fifth he finished in the championship um fifth, fifth i think I it was think. in the end fifth, yeah, yeah Roiken and verstappen, verstappen verstappen was yeah fifth jumped wow. in. Yeah. that's i mean first place and fifth place that's a huge gulf isn't it between it is yeah between two drivers in the fastest car yeah um is it the fastest car though well you'd expect it to at least beat the red bull yeah even if it even if it didn't beat both ferraris you'd expect him to either be sandwiched between the ferraris um or or at least in fourth behind you know the other merc and two ferraris or something like that like going into this season i would have expected the top four to consist of Two silver cars and two red cars, basically. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, to be fair, most of the season it has been that way, hasn't it? In terms of like yeah. f- finishers, but well, I guess not if it's ended up this way. But anyway, um, do we feel? I don't know. Do, do you? Do we really want Bottas in that car next season? Wouldn't you rather see a, a young driver have a pop at Hamilton? You're saying Bottas is old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, well, he's, he's not younger, old, old, is he? But he, he's he's been around yeah. a few years. How long has he been in Formula One now? Five years, four, maybe five, four, tops. possibly five. Yeah. Next year is either his fifth or his sixth, I'd say, because he had a yeah, couple of years be. at Williams, didn't he? And he's obviously had a couple of years. I think so. Here. So I mean, he's, he's now... been he's been in Formula One a lot longer than a lot of drivers over history have been in Formula One. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I don't know. I. I like Bottas a lot anyway, so I'm going to be slightly biased on this, but I think he I think he deserves another season to maybe try and turn things around. But honestly, I, Ocon's going to have his seat in 2020, I think. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. That I think that giving him the new contract, I didn't have a problem with. Um, obviously, if he, do, if he does something amazing next season, then it just shows that he was in a bit of a slump this season. But mm. I, honestly, I can't see him setting the world alight. And I think Chris is probably right that with Ocon getting that um, development reserve driver role at Mercedes, that that's kind of, that's the writing on the wall for Bottas, isn't it? That Do... I've got a feeling that once his one year extension's up, he will possibly be replaced. Can you see if he doesn't get very good results early next year, Ocon replacing him? Well, I was trying to work out in my head if if I thought that they'd given Ocon this role with the intention of possibly giving him mm, some FC one Bottas. time, and then and then obviously if Bottas isn't performing, those FP ones can quickly turn into a race seat, can't they? Absolutely, yeah. So. I mean, it, it would be a shame to see Mercedes go down that road, wouldn't it? Sacking he doesn't feel a very Mercedes season. thing to do, no. to no. be honest. No. I think he'd have to be having a really bad season. It depends how competitive the championship is as well. If, if you know, if they're getting a real run for their money and they're midway through the season, Hamilton's getting all the points, Bottas is, you know, doing fourth, fifth, third, fourth, fifths, then, you know, you've got you've got possibly a resurgent Honda Red Bull breathing down your deck you've got ferrari breathing down your neck as well you need those one twos you need those one threes yeah. you can't be having you know driver number two finishing further down than probably third 
So, and if that keeps happening the way it has been, then yeah. you're going to have to look elsewhere, I think. Yeah, it's happened a few times this year. Mm. Um, but let, I, guess, I suppose we'll save that for next year and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, next thing, a couple more retirements uh, from blown up engines. Ocon, we mentioned, he was running in ninth and his engine just died on him. And a similar thing happened to Hartley a lap later, which absolutely wrecked the Predictions League for me <laughs> um, because I was a point ahead of Tom at that point. And then I wasn't because Hartley retired. <laughs> Um, Hamilton eased to the win um, with Vettel second and Verstappen third, Ricardo fourth. Um, there was a really, really classy moment at the very end where uh, Alonso ran round to the grid with Vettel and Hamilton either side of him. Um, really, really slow sort of cool down lap. And then we had donuts for days. <laughs> <laughs> that was and- that like that slow down lap with the three of them in formation is honestly one of my favourite things I've ever seen in F1. That yeah, was just was cool so cool yeah it was, it was just so much like class and respect and i don't know i i, I really really enjoyed that and it was, it was I, like I, hearing them talking afterwards it was totally like off the cuff as well like that's not like a thing they'd yeah discuss before the race they do it's just kind of happened or just happened i love yeah. that I lo- when things happen organically like which is yeah. so rare in formula one these days i mean yeah. when you've got when you've got the start of the race will smith tying up lewis hamilton and the whole that whole thing's obviously very orchestrated to then bookend it with something so natural and so um uh, what's the word just so fulfilling mm. then uh, i think that's a really really nice way to round off the season it really was shall we do a quick rundown of the championship just the final standing probably should yeah it's probably, all should, probably probably makes sense to wouldn't it um so obviously lewis hamilton won wins the championship with 408 408 points um, the most of anyone ever. No one's ever yeah. gone past the 400 mark, I believe. Um, Vettel was 88 points back with 320. And then you've got Raikkonen and Max Verstappen, very, very close. Uh, 251 for Raikkonen and, and only 249 for Verstappen. So he was almost a Red Bull in third place there, which is that was amazing going. Yeah. Um, Bottas, as we mentioned, down in fifth, Ricardo in sixth, and then best of the rest, Nico Hulkenberg, um, 69 points to Sergio Perez, 62. Um, the the midfield fight is just so, so tight, isn't it? Yeah. Really is. Uh, we've got per- um, Magnussen down in ninth from 56, Sainz on, in 10th, 53, Alonso in 11th with 50. I mean, just just that alone you know if Alonso gets a decent result he's up in ninth place in a McLaren that's yeah. just not ninth place worthy no. um, Ocon uh, 49 points in 12th 13th was Leclerc in the Sauber um, 14th Grosjean 15th Gasly 16th Van Dorn 17th Ericsson 18th Stroll 19th Hartley and 20th bringing up the rear Sergey Sirotkin, my driver of the driver day. of the year, driver of <laughs> the, driver of the year. year, according to Sky. Um, can I drop in a couple of fun facts at that point? Yes, please do. Um, as we've alluded to a number of times over the season, it has come to pass that this is now the only season in F1 history that every single driver has scored a point in the championship. <gasps> oh, um, I love that. Which again says so much for the quality of that midfield battle this year. Um, another excellent fact that I originally saw from. Uh, chain bear f1 go watch his youtube stuff um this is the only time in f1 history that every team has run the same two drivers for every single race for a full season 
It's never the happened only one before. ever. Yeah, never oh, ever yeah. happened before. The closest That's... we've ever got was back in ooh, can't what year it was exactly, but um, Super Guru's last season. Technically, then every team ran the same two drivers every race, but Super Guru only did like a third of a season. Um, <laughs> but this is the first time it's like every single race exactly the same 20 drivers and exactly the same 20 seats wow. which is crazy I mean, when you think yeah. about it well when yeah. you've got a team like red bull and a team like exactly on the grid that's <laughs> mighty, i mean it just show, what that does is it shows you what dire straits red bull are in in terms of their young driver <laughs> um situation yeah i bet brendan hartley didn't expect that fact to come true at the start of this no. season i think i don't think I think a lot of people are surprised to see Brendan still in that car. I think it's a shame Brendan's not had the backing that he deserves. I think I think he's come up, got really better, is. better towards the end of the season. I think he deserves more of a chance. He's one of several drivers at the last few races after they knew they weren't getting a drive next year have just had some really really good races to close out the year. Mm, yeah, like he's done it. Um, uh, signs, uh, no, signs. Sorry, um, Sorokin has had a few ones. Yeah, Ericsson's had some really good races. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Van Dorn. <laughs> yeah, Van Dorn's had some quality ones. Van Dorn's just uh, been absolute quality. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, shall we pick out a driver of the day for the final race of the season? Yes. Um, and it, it can't be Sorokin. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's quite a few, I think. Mm. My, my heart wants to give it to Alonso like the real one was, even though he probably wasn't driver of the day. Yeah. Um, Science had a really good race. He was like best of the rest by quite a margin. Like he was very much like on his own in that position for most of the race. Mm. Um, which from starting in eleventh was impressive. Yeah, exactly. Fairly convincing, even if like under the radar drive. But mm. I, that sometimes they're the good ones because he's been he was yeah. so dominant in that midfield that. He, he just walked away with it. Like, you know, if if it had been for the lead, like it kind of is in that midfield, it's a lead of the midfield, then yeah. you'd probably not seen him all day anyway. So it, Yeah, you, it's the sort of performance that you co- can actually put on a par with Hamilton's race win, isn't it? It's that sort yeah. of yeah. level of... Because he's, he's pulled that gap in, in, in non-equivalent machinery, I guess. Yeah. It was also, a, I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying it's his only... Formula 1.5 win, i.e. sixth place of the entire season. Um, or seventh place, I should say. Uh, I don't think he's managed that for the whole season, so no. he's rounded things out nicely. Who else? Who else we got? Um, I mean, there's Hamilton, obviously the domination. Just untouchable. And the, yeah, he, I mean, he's, he took his top off at the end of the race. And honestly, I thought I didn't think it was going to be a human body. I thought it was going to be all wires and, <laughs> and flaps and like lights. Because he's the guy's a machine. He's just been absolutely smashing it all season. It's yeah. been amazing to watch. Um, I, but I don't. I, I think entertainment value comes into it a lot with me for driver of the day, and for that reason, my vote would have to go to Verstappen just because he gave us a lot to enjoy yeah. and a lot to see. You know. <laughs> but but yeah. having said that, the cameras were trained on him a lot more than they were most of the True. drivers. So it's. You know, it's hard to unless you're there. It's hard to tell, isn't it? I almost want to suggest Van Dorn as well because mm. he, he had lots of good driving, but he still only finished last but one on the road. So I'll tell you what, guys. Since it's the last race of the season, 
why don't we just give it to everybody? Everybody's <laughs> driving. The Everyone's day. a winner. <laughs> um, the championship was over. We can't do that. It's Formula One. Someone's got to win. I think. I think I'm going to push for signs. I'm going to give signs my vote. Signs, Tom. Who you got? I I don't mind a good best of the rest winner, so I'm happy with that. Yeah, I think you, actually both your arguments were very compelling. So I I am with you on science there. I didn't see much of him, but the knowledge you've imparted to me has swung <laughs> me into <laughs> your way of thinking. Um, move of the day. Lots for this, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I I enjoyed Grosjean's sweet kickflip with Hulkenberg's car. That was quite a good move. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, the three wide was very, very good. The Verstappen, no, sorry, uh, Van Dorn, Ocon, Grosjean, I think it was. Yeah, I think that yeah. was that was the, for me that was the most eye-opening sort of move of the race. Yeah, I, that um, that was going to be my suggestion, and we've we've already talked about how good it was. So it's, yeah. it sticks as that for me. That's that's what I put forward. I mean, there was the Verstappen and Ocon stuff, Hamilton and Verstappen that we talked about as well. Yeah. There was the um, Verstappen on on Bottas. To be fair, again elbows yeah. out, sort of give him a little nudge, little tap with the back wheels, kept the car facing the right direction. Yeah, um, it's hard to look past three wide, though, isn't it? It it is, isn't it? Whenever there's three wide, it's always so exciting. It's it puts your heart in your mouth, doesn't it? And you just yeah, you just don't know what's going to happen when it's like that. So yeah, I I think that has to be, doesn't it? It's just a show stopping moment. Yeah, you with us, Tom? I'm with you. Nice. Okay. And the final award. Honestly, what the f- are we doing here? It's the last one of the season as well. It is. Um, hmm. Hmm. I mean, there's there's Will Smith just turning up everywhere. Oh, that was that was boring, pretty weird. That and it is. Oh, it oh, it just made me cringe. It was like watching Alan Partridge. <laughs> it didn't add much, did it? No, it was. It added nothing. What I mean, what the, is he bringing to the show there? Just a just a smiley, smiley faced, silly man well, waving flags. What what he's bringing is people who don't normally pay attention will pay attention because one of the most famous people in the world is there. Well, That's it's exactly why they were sticking all over the TV screen. But whether he adds anything to the show or not, I'm not so sure. I think in 1995, you'd have had a point. <laughs> it, I'd be interested to hear the opinions of people um, like that are sort of more casual fans than us, though, because yeah, we, we all well, yeah. we all are not that keen on it as hardcore F one fans saying, "Stop showing me a random celebrity playing with a camera. Show me the cars." <laughs> just on the track. cars. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And so I think it can come across a bit harsh from us sometimes. Uh, so I'd be interested to know what the more casual <laughs> okay. fan thinks. Yeah. I I take your point, Tom. But who is sat who is sat watching Formula One as a casual fan and then texting their mate going, Oh my god, Will Smith's on Formula One. Just everyone turn Formula One on. No, but all, <laughs> no, all no the hard, one. No one's all, no, no, no one's gonna say turn it on, are they? But it's just something it's just something to add to the whole well, it's, it's for the social media. It's something to post on social media, isn't it? I suppose, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's all it is. It's social Ugh. media is the future. So if you heard of it, but it's going to be the future. Just don't talk to me about social media. <laughs> um, the one for me in in the truest in the true spirit of the award, the thing that actually makes you go WTF for me, it's Alonso just cutting corners on his last actually, two or three that laps. That is a good shout. I, 
I'd kind of yeah, forgotten for... about that, to be honest, until you just mentioned it then. I, I can only imagine that he could... I can't remember who was ahead of him at that time. Um, Magnuson. Actually, oh, Jason Jason Magnuson. Yeah, Magnuson. Yeah. I can only assume he was like, I want to have one last overtake, even if I got it taken off me. So he just started cutting corners to try and catch him up. Is the only thing I can think of. Yeah, maybe, maybe. He picked he up about 15, 15 seconds worth of penalties. Yeah, yeah, he, got, he, got yeah he got five three, seconds. Five seconds. Yeah. yeah, three times five second penalties he got. Three laps in a row, he did the same thing. That's a good, that's a very good WTF, Chris. Um, thank I you. you. You've got my vote there. Yeah, thank you very much. Tom, have you, does he have your vote? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought my enthusiasm for him bringing it up was enough to confirm that. <laughs> cool. Do you want hard confirmation? It's, it's, I do. I want hard. These are important. It's, important stuff. Need the hard it's very important. Need the hard yes. numbers. Okay. Oh, you know, we've, we need to go back through all these during the season. Yeah, I'm actually going to do that before got... that. Yeah. Um, um, I, I was going to give an honorable mention as well to Hulkenberg saying I'm hanging here like a cow because that, yes. that's just not a phrase <laughs> oh, that's not a thing it's not a thing it's not a thing when do cows hang upside down ever they don't <laughs> unless oh wait they Ooh, do. Mm. that took a dark turn <laughs> I, th- I think that's a reference he was trying to make maybe it's a German thing Maybe. maybe maybe in Germany maybe it's, it's just a common phrase yeah <laughs> maybe in Germany on German farms they have like a cow swing and they just if you're German in. and can give us any context to this, please write in and let us know. <laughs> yeah, please do. Um, shall we do some Alonzoisms, guys, as we promised to do last week? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, who wants to go first? Who's got the best well, Alonzoism? Well, before we do, we have um, our um, jingle composer in chief, friend of the show, Ashley Foster, has actually made us a jingle for this, so we should probably I play that I can't wait first. to hear it. Back on the green. Well, that wasn't racist, was it? <laughs> Just in case you wondered, he's from Spain. <laughs> yeah. Not not in any way culturally appropriating. <laughs> um, anyone got a good Alon- Alonzoism? Alonzism? Are they Alonzoisms um, or Alonzoisms? I, I think Alonzoism sounds better, doesn't it? Let's do that. I almost prefer Alonzoisms because it sounds clumsy, and I quite like yeah, it for that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, go on, go on, go on. Do, your, do yours, Chris. You go first. <laughs> Um, I'm actually really enjoying his current favourite one, which is in WEC. He just, at every opportunity, likes to talk about how good all the other teams and how good all the privateers are, mm. despite all evidence proving completely otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, privateers are totally faster than Toyota now. Like, they're clearly not, mate. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, it's ridiculous. It's, we- it? it's, it's weird because he's done the same thing in F1, like... Like early this year, like at one point he finished fifteenth and said like it's one of the best drivers of his career. And when he like limped back to the pits in um, Baku with three wheels afterwards, he was saying like no one else would have managed that. And it's almost like he feels the need to like remind people how good he is because he's had such a shocking few seasons. He's like he's constantly having to like mm. try and talk himself up, like it's m- making up for something. Yeah, it, I almost feel like he he wants people to remember him better than like the statistics show or something like mm. he's constantly yeah. trying to talk up it, his his record he's definitely been that more in dude? recent years hasn't it the, um, the <laughs> yeah. sort of since since the McLaren demise that he's been part his of his fellow years um, that's <laughs> definitely where he's made those kind of comments a lot more <laughs> um, Tom what's what's your favourite Alonzo Alonzoism I don't know because there's so many of them <laughs> um one of the Pick classics one. for all time will always be just screaming GP2 engine. Rah. 
and it's more yeah, the it's yeah, more the that, that's a good rah one. on the end that was. Better. Do you know what I? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say exactly that. My favourite of that is just the bat. Yeah, yeah. It's He's like, had to keep his finger on the radio button, and do <laughs> like he could have taken his finger off the button for the radio. Yeah, and then exclaimed that noise, but he he really wanted to make the point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the other sort of underrated one that I just wanted to put out there is. I don't know how well known this one is, but there was a moment where he was having an issue with Magnuson, and he just went on the radio, started laughing, and went, "What an idiot!" Hulkenberg is right about him, and just carried <laughs> on laughing, and then went off the radio. It was, oh, I think, it was I... at some point last year when he was having a little bit of a battle, but. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought um... it was like the way that he was like, "This guy's such an idiot. I'm going to tell my team." Yeah. Was that the French Grand Prix? I can't remember where it was. I just remember I think him it was. calling Magnuson an idiot and saying Hulkenberg is right about him. <laughs> yeah, well, that was it. Was the, it was the French Grand Prix? Yeah, I remember doing the. I did a team radio um, uh, graphic for it. There you go. Then, so he's out um, there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's that. It's if you if you watch the French Grand Prix, say it's called Say What, and it's on the Formula One website. Um, hmm. It'll have it. I remember. I remember vividly typing it out in orange and. Timing it up to the text. Anyway, uh, my f- my favourite <laughs> Fernando Alonsoism is. Does anyone remember that time in like I think it was either two thousand and six or two thousand and seven where he helped his team like steal a load of data about a Ferrari? Mm. <laughs> Vaguely remember that. Yeah, yeah. might have happened there, at some there's point. The, there's <laughs> that. I don't think he was ever convicted. Except no, he definitely didn't. Was, no, he definitely, definitely had didn't no do part that. in that. No part. So there was a spy scandal, and Alonso played absolutely <laughs> no part in that whatsoever. Um, that's. I think that's my favorite Alonsoism. Or maybe it, it could. Uh, same year, it could be the time where he blocked the pit lane for Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you remember that? That yeah. was peak Alonso. Yeah. Yeah, absolute peak Alonso there. Yeah. I think that was around the time when I think it was Martin Brundle started calling him Teflonzo because nothing sticks to him. No matter what controversies <laughs> around him, nothing ever sticks to him. Teflonzo, that's amazing. It was brilliant. Oh, how has that one passed me by? That's a, such a good <laughs> nickname. Oh, brilliant. Uh, so there you have it. I'm going to miss Th- Alonso. Are, I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss him absolutely yeah. loads. Hopefully he will, will be back. And you know what? It'll be exciting to see him racing another series. It's been, he's been great to watch in World Endurance Championship. Um, he'll be fantastic to watch in IndyCar, and let's hope he can, you know, get a triple crown, get the Indy 500 under his belt, and then who knows what's next for him. It'd be really nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, be great for him. Uh, right, what's next on the? God, it's a big episode this one, isn't it? Right, what's next? Uh, we've got predictions to do. Let's finally, get this out of the way. Oh. <laughs> he sounds delighted. Now this, <laughs> this I have a problem with. <laughs> oh god here we go <laughs> um okay let's let, let's do the results first uh, i got absolutely nothing as as has happened many times i gambled on bottas because i needed to beat that's life bottas as we <laughs> discussed did oh. not do anything of note um way off yeah none of us got number i don't know why with the number of finishes none of us considered the fact that it was the last race of the season and half the engines would be in their last legs I think we were being oh, we used to sixteen stew, which was maybe realistic, but yeah, yeah, it was there. very realistic for for one lap. It was accurate. Yeah, um, Ericsson was looking good for a couple of us for a while until his engine went pop, so none of us got that right either. Um, so no points for me. Tom, you got 
Hamilton, fastest, and Hulkenberg, first DNF. Um, your first lap midfield crunch prediction was correct. Yeah, absolutely accurate. Good job. Stu, you got Hamilton pole position as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, grim week. And even more grim was the fact that my gamble didn't pay off and Dat's life scored a point or two. So I have lost my little mini championship with those guys as well. Oh, no, Chris. Yeah. Alas. So where does that leave everyone then? Where that leaves leave everyone. Um, let's let's do us first. Uh, I managed to scrape myself up to 33rd in the overall championship in the end on uh, 40 and a half points. Mm. Uh, and you two gentlemen both finished the season on 23 points, uh, equal 10th overall. Now, I find this fascinating <laughs> that we can go through 21 races with... Five points on the table each race, so 21 times five, that's obviously 105 points. So out of 105 potential points, we've both managed to score exactly 23 points each. And we even do half points as well. Yeah, and on very different predictions some weeks as well. Yeah. 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 I think what this proves is that you two are equally knowledgeable and I am dead weight on this podcast <laughs> well, I, I don't know well i think equally lucky <laughs> equally lucky is probably because this is basically a lottery isn't it um now my issue with this is uh, do you remember last year do you remember a year ago probably when I barely remember um, yesterday but go on if between the three of us whoever was closest to the actual result would get half a point wouldn't they if if the if if we were guessing in a category, so like say the number of finishes sixteen, I was that's, closest. That's I think still, I should get half still, a point. That's still a thing. <laughs> what I've what I but but that's across obviously everyone who enters, isn't it? Yeah, I think it should be done separately for us free so that I can win. <laughs> no, I I I disagree. <laughs> so, so be better. I'm I'm not writing a second algorithm that works out separate scoring <laughs> systems just based on also <laughs> uh, number of finish. Oh, someone did. Oh, you are joking me. One person guessed fifteen. Yeah, one person. It's not. It, yeah. it was a it was a shocking week all round to be honest. Because basically, course, yeah. anyone that got points was basically people picking Lewis Hamilton, and that was about it. Um, hmm. only one person got oh. first DNF me only one person got number of finishers Katie O'Brien said 15 and nobody got Marcus Ericsson's finishing position right the closest was Roger Bennett who said 17th and he DNF'd hmm. in 18th so that was half a point for um, for Roger other than that it was wow. the Lewis Hamilton's choices so it was not a high scoring week <laughs> not a high scoring week at all no, so the most was a two. Yeah. Um, should we do the final top ten in the predictions league then for the season? Yeah. Um, so as I mentioned, you two were equal tenth on twenty three points. Uh, next was uh, Anna Sidorova on twenty three and a half points, who actually entered the least races of him on the top ten. So that's very impressive. Wow. Uh, Tom Ling in eighth on twenty four points. Um, Eric Richardson and Dat's Life were equal sixth on twenty four and a half points. Dat's Life with a very resurgent second half of the season. Yeah particularly after we started having our little mini championship between us. So that's a shame. <laughs> uh, equal fourth, uh, Tom Austin Morgan, who was a leader for a while, I think, and Jake Petrosky on 26 points each. Third, Henrik Lindoff, who was also right up there on 29 points. Second, Dominic Poole on 30 and a half, but a chunk ahead, our champion this season, 
and someone who has been at the top for quite a few weeks now, Oleg Sidorov, finished on 32.5 points. Many Chris, congratulations to you. Congratulations, Oleg. Well done. Yeah. Well, we should like, put some sort of cheering at this point. <laughs> I'll, I'll put some back in cheering. <laughs> two points. Two points was the lead in the end. That's He was, yeah, actually. He's very tight. He only scored one point this week as well, Oleg. So yeah. Think, yeah, he's lucky. Um, Dominic could still have pipped at the end, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, how many did Dominic get this week? He got two, I believe. So close the gap a little bit not, at the end of the season. Not quite not enough. Not quite enough. Mm. Yeah. Well, yes. congratulations, um, Oleg, anyway. And congratulations to everyone else who entered. And thank you very much for all, all yes. your interest. We'll be back <clears throat> next year with it with it even bigger and better hopefully yeah we've got had many multiples of the number of people we had our first season doing this this year so yeah massive thanks to everyone uh oleg will have uh, a prize winging its way to you fairly soon we'll we'll be getting in touch with you to figure the details out of that um send it to i'm not sure where you're from actually so we'll have to yeah. <laughs> figure out how to post Let's, things uh, to <laughs> yeah. somewhere yeah, we, we may have um with a name like oleg sidorov i think the post might be quite expensive with but a bit of luck he's actually in like slow or something but yeah we'll maybe you, i mean you never know we've got listeners all over the world so that's the disconcerting thing for me like, <laughs> literally anywhere um shall we move on to the news yes Okay, uh, I'm going to rattle through these really quick because we are getting on for time. Russell, George Russell wraps up the Formula 2 title with a feature, ra- wa- bleh, feature race win. That's difficult to say. Feature race win. Mm-hmm. Um, and Norris actually finished second in the championship with Alban third. Yeah, it was Saturday afternoon he wrapped it up, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. He the last race. Yeah, um, so with a race to spare, good. I mean, he, the kid's a talent. He's going to be at uh, Williams next year. I can't wait to see what he can do in a Formula One car, even if it is a Williams. Yep. Well, all, all three of them, to be fair, Norris and Albon. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Albon. I mean, well, yeah. Let's. So we'll, you led me beautifully into the next bit of news there, Tom, which is Alexander Albon will be going to Toro Rosso next season. Um, bit bit of bad news for a uh, if you're a young Kiwi wanting to keep your drive, but you know. Yeah, it's been on the cards for a while, though, I guess. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, Very true. I actually think he might be a bit of a dark horse next season. Like, this year in F2, like, all the hype has been around Russell and Norris. And Albon just very quietly ground out results. And yeah. in the end, he was actually the only person that could have stopped Russell winning the title um, in the final couple of races. Um, yeah. It's only because he had a, a shocking last weekend that um, Norris still took second. But... I actually think he's going to be a bit of a dark horse. I think he's going to be impressive next year. Mm. Um, yeah, not a lot in it between first and second, was there? Two nineteen for Norris and two hundred and twelve for Albon. So, mm. very close in the end there. Uh, well, the next bit of news: Ollie Rowland is likely to get the Nissan Formula E seat that Albon has vacated because he yeah, was all a bit messy tested the Nissan didn't he yeah, it was all a bit messy it didn't look didn't reflect well on Red Bull either he's actually his he's name is actually drivers. on the official uh, Formula E entry list for next season still mm. um, but I don't think he'll be doing that yeah mm. Nissan were not best pleased with that whole situation uh, but Ollie mm. Rowland is a decent driver good to see him getting a, a good seat in FA yeah absolutely and finally the final bit of Formula 1 actual Formula 1 news this time it finally um, happened it's finally <laughs> happened Robert the Kubica. train is in the station <laughs> 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 Robert, 
Robert Kubica has finally got the Williams drive after hanging around the Formula One paddock for ages, <laughs> trying to get his hands on the drive. He's gone and done it. <laughs> um, and many congratulations to him as well. I personally cannot wait to see Robert Kubica racing a Formula One car again. It is long overdue and um, it's such a great story, isn't it? It really is. Even if like he has one season and it's middling and he disappears again, like just the fact that he's come this far and back to actually having a drive is just, yeah, such a good news story. I think with um, Russell being new in the car as well, it's probably the kind of thing that Williams need because he's going to be able to help. Even though he's not been in F1 racing, he's still been around, he's test-driven for him, things like that, and he's just got years of driving experience generally yeah um, yeah so i think if anyone's gonna be able to help them understand the car quickly he's he's a good choice to at least go with uh, from that respect for williams yeah yeah definitely. yeah well we said it didn't we last was it last week or the week before we said like he you know the, the problem with the williams is they've got two kids yeah in the mm. in the car that are probably unable to give them the kind of feedback that they needed so hopefully this with the talent that is george russell and the the uh, experience that is Robert Kubica between those two, they ought to put together a decent car. Hopefully, yeah. Fitness that question. actually leads me quite nicely onto another couple of fun facts, if you'd like some. Yes, please. Um, so next team, uh, next team, try that again. Uh, next season, uh, four teams are running all new driver lineups, Williams being one of them. Uh, the others being McLaren, Torosso and Sauber. And only two teams next season have got exactly the same drivers they had this season. Which is Ooh. crazy. So much chopping so, and changing. Obviously, Mercedes, the first one. Yes. The second Haas. one. It yeah, is indeed Haas, Haas, Haas yeah. yeah. Yep. Everyone else has changed at least one driver and four with all new drivers. Mm. Um, so exciting. But yeah. It is. It is. So I'm, I'm so excited for next season. It's like, it's like a clean slate almost, isn't it? It's crazy. Really is. Uh, Shall we do some inbox? Yes. Inbox, box, box, box. Box, 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 box. No, 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 stay out. Stay uh, out. <laughs> <laughs> Should we alternate, alternate our way through them again? Yeah, Tom, do you want to start? Yeah, I can start with the first one. Uh, Danielle Baker says, Hi, um, enjoyed the show this week. My suggestion for a livery would be uh, an image of what's inside the car so you can see the workings of it, but not sure if the teams would approve of that. <laughs> <laughs> I really that's like that idea, that's, actually. That's a good suggestion. That is good. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Very good. I feel like someone in the past has painted like a driver's legs on the side of a car, like in the position where the driver's sat. Seen that somewhere, but, yes. Yeah. It'd be cool to have like an engine painted on the back and like stuff like that. Expanding I really like on that, that idea. idea. Do you know what it'd be really cool to do? If they just for once, not for a, you wouldn't be able to do it for a race because it'd be too heavy, but if they got like transparent perspex body panels yeah, on the car. Yeah. That'd be really interesting to see because that'd be see very all cool. The frame of the uh, carbon fiber monocoque and stuff like that'd be interesting. Um, do you want to do the next one, Chris? Yeah, Emmett Nugent uh, says, as the title fights are over, uh, I'm just wondering how long will it be before Nico Rosberg gets the credit slash appreciation he deserves for what he achieved and how closely he pushed Lewis every year. Even Michael couldn't get the better of him when he came back. Is it his magnolia personality that's letting him down? Uh, if he was in any way interesting to listen to, would we be looking at his career differently? 
<laughs> I really like magnolia personality. Magnolia personality. Um, um, I think I think there's something to that. I think looking at the sort of season or two since he retired and kind of how much Hamilton has beaten Bottas by and the fact that he's beaten Vettel in a much better Ferrari than he's had for a number of years, I think maybe does put Rosberg's achievement in slightly higher standing, I think. Um, hmm. Yeah, I think maybe it does. And um, I think I think in turn it also makes Schumacher's comeback look better as well because, you know, Rosberg beat Schumacher, but it wasn't by a colossal amount. Yeah. Um, and obviously that was before Mercedes was a proper front-running car. Mm. Um, I definitely agree that um, he has a bit of a Marmite personality and that's probably not endearing him to a lot of people. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, I can't really say much to argue with any of that. <laughs> I, do you know what I think the thing that kind of maybe puts a little bit of a downer on his championship for a lot of people myself included a little bit is the fact that he didn't stay around to defend it and I think that that sort of rubs people up a bit the wrong way because it's like well does does he feel he looked into it I don't think that's what it is but I can see where that philosophy of thought comes from Um, it's the Formula 1 equivalent of showing up to a party Drinking the punch and then running, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> as soon as the free drinks run out, doing one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All the all the all the cards gone behind the bar. The tab's finished. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ryan yeah. says, not the best race as expected, but definitely better than last year's. Best moment was obviously Hamilton, Vettel, and Alonso at the end. No end to the season and Alonso's F1 career. Overtake of the race for Stappen on Bottas, aggressive but well executed. Um, as for Alonso coming back, I'm not sure. Maybe if McLaren get it together, but with the Renault in the back, it's not looking likely anytime soon. Hmm. Where else w- would there be for him to go, though? Um, I think he might end up back at Ferrari. I think there's space in Ferrari for him still, you know. If, uh, Vettel, if if Vettel gets cold feet next season mm. and gets beat by Leclerc, I think there's space. Do you for think a, he'd want to go in against shaped. Leclerc though? He's been in against the the protege kid once before, hasn't he at McLaren? Although he went he yeah. went back to well, McLaren after I, that, I guess. But I, I think if you don't have a seat and you want a seat and there's a Ferrari seat, you take mm. it whoever else is in the team. Yeah, I think he'd take on anyone if he thought he had a shot at a front running seat. Again. Yeah. Yeah. I'd never consider that though. If if Vettel did decide to hang up his boots, there's like no obvious candidate for that seat, is there? Ricardo, right. maybe, possibly, maybe Danny Ricardo. I don't think he's a Ferrari driver, really, though, is he? I think that wasn't that an option for him, Ferrari, at one point, and he turned it down. Apparently, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, these driver markets, these all these things. It's kind of you, you, it's all rumors. Exactly. Yeah. You never really yeah. know what to what to believe. Um, what else was in that question? Uh, I think we've covered it there yeah Tom Carter says uh, last week I sent you the question about Alonso's final race livery and your dream livery Fernando's livery was nothing like I expected and the only addition (laughs) of three stripes Um, I personally feel they should have had a livery that represented his career what your opinions and also my dream livery as in Tom Carter's dream livery would be uh, (laughs) dark navy blue with an orange trim which sounds very much like a reverse McLaren. It does, yeah. That sounds quite nice, actually. 
Yeah, it does sound quite nice. Um, um, yeah, it was nice they did give him a special livery, but it didn't feel like the most imaginative one, no. to be honest. Mm. I do like that across the practice sessions, he wore different helmets that like were nods back to his previous ones. Yeah. Like I think FP1, he was wearing like similar to his original like Minardi helmet and stuff like that, which was quite nice. Mm. Um, what this question makes, this question just breeds more questions for me. Um, <laughs> the He asks... Uh, he feels like it should have had a livery that represented his career. Um, what would that livery be, do you think? Well, we said last week... Well, I, th- I like Chris's idea from last week anyway, which was a car that's sort of a little bit of each of the cars that he's driven over the years. So yeah, there's like a little bit cool. of the blue and yellow from Renault. Yeah. Yeah. What colour was the Minardi was in, in it? Was it black and orange? I think it was black, yeah. yeah. And then yeah, it was black, like, black and red. a bit of the Ferrari... And bit of the McLarens, mm. yeah. yeah. I liked that idea. I'd like a, a, I'd like a, a video panel on the side <laughs> of the screen, just showing highlights <laughs> of his career for the entire race. Mm. <laughs> That'd be quite funny to find that. That's quite good. Um, next from Katie, uh, wouldn't a race where grid positions are drawn from a hat be great fun? You could have a Williams star next to a Ferrari, for example. I enjoy that question because. Williams starting next to Ferrari was for a good many years the norm yeah. and it's kind yeah. of sad that that's not the case <laughs> anymore. I thought that yeah. as you were reading it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it would be fun to do that like for example this race where the championship to wrapped up would just like throw the rules out and do something wild like that just for a even more of a festival final race. <laughs> Double points. <laughs> oh no. Um, Kevin Cosgrave says can you guys give a shout out to my daughter, Aliyah? She's a McLaren fan because I gave her no choice in the matter. <laughs> sure, we'll win something eventually. Only started listening pod this year. Great show. No, I won't give her a shout out. <laughs> oh, that's, that's Too late. Nice you've already you. done it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the joke. Not sure. Not sure. Um, not sure how old your daughter is, but hopefully. Uh... She'll grow up to see McLaren start winning something again fairly soon. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. But I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't hold my breath if I was her though. Um. Next question. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot what order we going in. <laughs> um. This one's from That's Life. Um. And it's from Tom specifically of That's Life saying, I realise that my opinion on Verstappen has changed. Before I liked the fact he was young and fiery, but since events in Brazil, I found myself annoyed by everything he did, especially the lunge and the subsequent contact with Ocon as he passed him. Um, Have any of your opinions changed? Uh, For me, I've always been a bit hot and cold with him. I think he can be a bit too elbows out. Um... But at the same, it's kind of it's a double-edged sword because on the one hand, I kind of admire him for it because he's he's got in everyone else's head now, and no one really really has the guts to mess with him because they're too worried about him taking <laughs> them out. So in that regard, I respect him. Do I think what he's done is sporting? No. Um. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think my my opinion on him has changed this year as well. It was it was a, a while before Brazil, if I'm honest. Um. I don't know. I just this. Hmm. <laughs> Trying to choose my words. I think he just has the tendency to just not come across as a particularly nice person sometimes. Yeah. Um, I think if you look at like that show of just class and respect that you got from Vettel, Hamilton, Alonso at the end of that race, I think 
Verstappen could learn an awful lot from that. I think mm. like all three of those drivers when they were younger were also like came in a little bit hot headed and probably did similar things and they've all mm. matured and I, th- I I think Verstappen can probably learn a bit from that and hopefully and I, yeah. I assume he will over the next few years yeah. mature as well yeah. but it, yeah I definitely run hot and cold on him as well it's, it's, it's all a bit shameless at the minute isn't it with, uh, mm. with the t- like, have you ever seen the TV show Shameless where they're just super sort of chavvy and a bit sort of <laughs> you know it's like the little bit. chav of Formula One at the minute. That's what it feels like to me. <laughs> He's very quick to um, point the like, finger. Like to the, uh, I read today, um, someone asked him about this public service um, penalty he got given after Brazil, and he sort of said he was still saying like he doesn't think he deserves it, and like you know we'll, we'll talk to the FIA about what it is, but I'm definitely not going to let them make me look silly. And it's like, yeah, actually, I, I think that. you're going to do exactly what they say you're going to do. Like, yeah don't still carry on being chippy about this thing that happened several weeks ago just like you know own it take the punishment and move on yeah 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 i think it's what he needs honestly but all that being said you see him driving and nine times out of ten he's just wonderful to watch because he's a damn good racing driver yeah. yeah i think i think there's definitely an adjustment to out of the car attitude that needs to occur um yeah I think that's where my opinion of him's changed the most, to be honest, um, because I don't necessarily mind the driving style so much because um, it's it's you know a feasible driving style, but the the sort of disregard and sort of lack of respect for other drivers in terms of that attitude outside of the car is something that definitely needs work on. I didn't. Didn't particularly seem like that before, but a, a few things this season obviously have made me think that. So I'd say that's where my opinion of him has changed the most. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, finally, from Thomas Austin Morgan, um, he says, a while back you answered a hypothetical about racing in old or modern cars and said it depended on the field. You asked what the best grid from history would be. So here's my submission for your approval. Um this sounds like a lot of drivers, but this is actually like a grid's worth of drivers. Uh, so he's gone from the 50s, Fangio, Ascari, Hawthorne, 60s, Brabham, Graham, Hill, and Clark, 70s, Stewart, Fittipaldi, Lauda, 80s, PK, Prost, Senna, 90s, Mansell, Schumacher, Hakkinen, noughties, I hate that word, but oh, there we go, ugh, noughties. What is wrong with 2000s, you? 2000s, Alonso, Button, Raikkonen, uh, and 2010s, Vettel, Hamilton, Rosberg, and then possible future champs, Verstappen, Leclerc, Ricardo. And I was going to suggest maybe we make that thing where you suggest your like historic grid, but honestly, looking at that list, I think that might just be the answer. I'm not sure I disagree yeah, with a whole lot on that list. I'm, I'm missing amount. one, James Hunt. I'd like to see on that. List. Yeah, Hunt maybe in place of. Um... See which of those three 70s drivers are you going to scrap there? I <laughs> know oh, 70s. Yeah, it's only 70s. Probably Fittipaldi. Uh, I guess. I mean, well, I mean, you don't necessarily need three from each, do you? You could, you could ditch say. I'd probably get rid of PK from the 80s and have, a, have Hunt in the 70s. I think I'd extra. maybe agree with that. Mm-hmm. Maybe but, you could lose a Rosberg and add in someone like a... Oh, I don't know, there's a lot you could add from the recent era. Mm-hmm. One of those potential futures of a Sapin and Leclerc, Ricardo. Yeah, I think I'd rather have one of them in than a Rosberg, if I'm what completely about, honest. Um, future, future, Russell, Norris, Albert? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's maybe give them a season and we'll judge them from <laughs> yeah. there. Gasly, Gasly, Gasly's got a championship in him. Absolutely, Gasly's yeah. got a championship in him. People forget that Gasly was like, Gasly was like came into F1 the same way Leclerc did, the same way Russell and Norris mm-hmm. are right now as that like. And um, Van Dorn was the same actually, like the, the F2 champion who was brilliant and everyone expects wonderful things of. Um, so hopefully it works out for at least some of them guys. Yeah, it's um, going to be an exciting season next year, isn't it? I cannot yeah. wait. There's just so much to be excited about. Like, lots of new young talent coming in. You've got Leclerc going to Ferrari, which is just going to be explosive, I think. Um, Renault, hopefully, doing the job for Ricardo. Maybe yeah. a Honda Red Bull giving Verstappen a shot. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's all I did enjoy as possible. I did enjoy the race um, on Sunday. Uh, Verstappen. Uh, saying that, um, which was it, Gasly's Toro Rosso that was spewing oil everywhere? Yeah, uh, um, Hartley's, yeah, no. yeah, Hartley's. No, I think it was, yeah, no, Gasly, it was Gasly, it was Gasly, yeah. sorry, it was Gasly's, yeah, all um, over Verstappen's face, yeah. So, Verstappen saying how like his engine was spewing all over the place and he basically couldn't see for the last few laps, and in the next breath was like, But the Honda's looking really good, and I'm really excited for next year. It's like, mm, yeah. Are you sure about that? Because <laughs> yeah, you're wearing half eyes. of it right now, but <laughs> lol. <laughs> Um, anyway I think that is our lot for inbox this week cool do we have any special emails from anyone Tom or no they were, they were in inbox oh they were there well that specific person wasn't no yeah yeah that's, that's, that's what I was expecting as well um, long name uh, long name yeah, yeah. they've right. had a week off week off yeah well hopefully we'll see them again soon hopefully they'll have uh, something to say for us for our season review in a couple of weeks time um I don't have an ending for this episode because normally after a race we tell people to submit their predictions and stuff and they, we can't do that now because this is no. what we're going to now what tell you what we can do <laughs> next week we're going to do a season review so uh if you listening want to send in any thoughts on the season your driver of the year um and any other awards you can think of to give people um send all that sort of stuff in and we'll read it out next week yeah, so do that. Like, share, and subscribe to all to the podcast and to all of our channels. Um, on Twitter, you can find us at Back the Grid F One. On Facebook, you can search for Back of the Grid and you'll find us. And on Instagram, you'll find us at Back of the Grid. And of course, there's the website backofthegrid.com where you can submit questions through the contact form on there as well. And I think that about does it. Not only for tonight, but for the season as well. Um, so I'll say goodbye bye guys goodbye Stu and everyone else Chris has gone already <laughs> Chris has done one <laughs> I'd come on microphone muted bye everyone <laughs> <laughs>